Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for better ways to increase your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because building a profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. I want to share the strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some news for you. I've released another book called The Profit Accelerator, and I'm looking for a few business owners to interview about how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Go download my book for free and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. I'm confident that these strategies can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and value of their company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up your copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, listeners, my guest today is Tanya Thomas, and Tanya is the founder of Team Delegate, a provider of elite virtual executive assistants that support seasoned executives for small business owners. So Team Delegate's Highly trained executive VAs provide comprehensive administrative support that helps time-starved CEOs to double their productivity so they can triple their earnings. So Tanya has been featured in national media, including Entrepreneur and Black Enterprise. She has spoken at women's business events, as well as been invited to as guests on great podcasts like ours. She is a pioneer of the virtual assistant industry, beginning as a solo virtual assistant, um, serving high-level clients for 18 years before utilizing the knowledge she gained as a solo entrepreneur and expanding her company into a team of executive virtual assistants firm. So these virtual executive assistants are so powerful, you guys. You really need to know this for, for your business. Her passion is helping business owners understand how effective delegation can have a positive impact on their bottom line. Tanya resides in Dallas, Texas, with her husband and two sons. And in her spare time, not knowing when that is, she enjoys walking, <laughs> reading, and watching her favorite TV shows and movies. Tanya, welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. We're so happy you're here. Thank you for having me, Marcia. I love this. Um, you know, free time, the business owner, we always are like juggling eight different balls up in the air, trying to do everything we can. Um, you know, how did you get into this? I mean, you explained that you were your own virtual assistant, but what was the trigger for you? <clears throat> Getting into the business of in the beginning? Yeah, way back when. Yeah, I... Um... I always wanted to have a business. I had an entrepreneurial spirit in my early 20s, but at the time, my husband and I were traveling a lot. He worked for a construction firm, so every couple of years, we would move, and that kind of had me put it on the back burner. Well, when my first son was born and I was on maternity leave, I was uh, surfing the internet, and I came across a training program to be a virtual assistant, and this was back in 2000. 
Um, and I took the training program and I'm thinking this is fantastic because this is something that's remote. When we move, it'll move with me. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. Of course, fortunately, we've been able to, to not have to move like that anymore, but I still stayed in the industry, but that's how I got started. That's great. Always with a business entrepreneur mindset thinking, how can I make this work, right? Which is what a lot of business owners have to do is they have to figure out how to make their business work. And one of the biggest challenges we all have is trying to juggle the things that need to be done, things that probably we shouldn't be doing, right? And 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 find things that or find people team members support that can help us do the things that need to be done because there's a long laundry list of them, right? Yes. So where yeah. does, um, where can we, um, excuse me, I have a tickle in my nose and in my throat today. So I feel like I need to sneeze. That's <laughs> terrible when you're recording. Um, but where do you think the most important place to get started when you're looking at filling a virtual assistant role? The first thing, of course, is to determine the need, I think. And people always ask, you know, how do I know when it's time? Well, it's time when you get to the end of the day and you don't feel like you got anything accomplished and that's <laughs> happening consecutively. You're you're not able to get to everything. And so then it's time to begin to think about getting that support. And the other thing is knowing what you need to help with. And a lot of times people find that challenging. They know that they need help, but they don't even know where to start. You know, right. there's a couple of things that you can kind of do on your own. One is being cognizant of what you're doing each day. So having a notepad there on your desk and for at least a week, trying to remember to write down before you do anything, making that list and that'll help you kind of get started and be able to go back later and look at that and determine what are the things that only you can do on that list. And then what are the things that you could get someone else to do? You know, I think that's a, that's, that's a, a funny thing is because we business owners tend to be like control freaks, right? Oh, I just can do it easier myself. And because I already know, and it's all up here, that I just do it. It's easier. So I love the idea of just kind of plotting out your week. And if you remember to write down what you're actually doing during it throughout the day, and, and then you can recognize what maybe you could take off your plate, right? Right. Brilliant, brilliant idea. So when we're looking at those things on our, on our list, right? Okay. I journaled for a week. I got a list of things that, you know, I'm doing now I've got these big ahas. I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have been doing something else. Um, but how do we how do we determine what is something that that should go off to somebody else, like a virtual assistant? For sure, you know, for example, if you're whatever your business is. So for example, if you're a, a consultant or a coach and obviously working with clients, you can't give to someone else. That's something that you would have to, to do. Mm -hmm. So you want to look at, look at it that way. But uh, if it's like you scheduling those clients, then you know, you know, you don't have to do that. That is something that someone else could do. If it's sending out your invoices, that's, you know, somebody else can take that off of your hands and do that for you. So just trying to determine what it is that you know in your mind that you don't have to personally touch it. You may still want to do it, but you know that someone else could do that 
particular tasks for you. And there are a lot of tasks like that, right? I mean, you just gave us like three. I mean, I can imagine that there's tasks like that that would be um, maybe in categories, right? So you've got, you know, administration, but you've also got maybe a little bit of accounting or marketing, follow-up, maybe operations. I mean, I'm sure you could come up with several categories that those would fit into that maybe I wouldn't think about right off the get-go. Right. And it is good to to break it down like that because that is a way to, that I work with clients to help them to be able to do that. So you do have those different faucets that you mentioned, your finances, your marketing, your customer service, operations, those categories to be able to break it down that way and then see what what's inside of those that you could give to someone else. And oftentimes people too may wonder, well, is that one person? Is that more than one? And that's a good question too to think about because you know nobody could do them all. So you want to think about you know how that breakdown looks. But I think the start for everybody typically is an assistant. And that's a good way to get started. And if the assistant isn't proficient in something, I always tell people, then they can still help you because what they can do is then find someone else who is. So for example, if the assistant doesn't do bookkeeping, but you do need some support there, they could go out and find, you know, some bookkeepers for you to be able to interview and do all of that and take that off of your plate too. Because oftentimes we won't move on things because we don't have the time. So they can at least do that part and that'll help get the ball rolling and they can facilitate that project of helping you get uh, a bookkeeper brought in because then you can narrow it down to two or three people and then make that decision. But yeah, so if it's something that the assistant can't do, they can still support you in, in, in moving it forward. That was a real big insight that I never thought of. I would just think, okay, I need to have a bookkeeper, right? And like you said, I don't have time to go chase one down. But that executive assistant seems like the perfect logical first step that they could help you with the the day-to-day activities of your business that you don't need to do yourself. And I think that that's really important. One of the big ahas I've had in my company, I mean, I'm a solopreneur. Um, I've got one other coach that helps me out with, um, with group kind of situations. Then I've got some virtual people that do little tasks for me along the way, but I've never hired the executive assistant kind of position that could help me do all the garbage, not garbage, but you know, all the little detailed tasks that really probably eat up a third of my day, you know, that I could pass that off to somebody else. And I think that's a brilliant first start for us. Right. And when you're thinking about it, too, you know, you obviously want because you kind of touched up a little bit there on the difference and having people who are doing maybe one off tasks versus the executive virtual assistant, who's somebody who's going to be a bit probably a bit more proactive and mm-hmm. kind of helping get you organized as well. So I can imagine. And and, you know, we um, we business owners wear way too many hats and and we shouldn't. And I know that as a business owner, we really can't make it to our goals and the and the and the outcomes that we want as staying one person doing everything. So I think this is the tool, this VA 
um, having someone on for multiple reasons, and we'll talk about those in a minute, but that gives you the ability to leverage someone else's time to get you across the line for your outcome. So I think that this is just an absolutely fantastic time for me and my business, as well as the time of year to be discussing this. But here's something that um, you might be able to fill in a little bit more. I know here, at least in California, it's ridiculous to be an employer with employees. I mean, the regulations, the 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 rules, the the challenges, the mm-hmm. the lawsuits, the minimum pay, everything in there is just like it sh- it it makes you crazy, and you want to not hire people in California just because of the rules and regulations. How is a virtual assistant different than hiring somebody on your on your payroll of sorts? Right. Well, most of the time, uh, an executive virtual assistant is going to be a 1099 person, which you alluded to there. So they are working for themselves. So hence me also mentioning the person being proactive. So when you bring someone on like that, as you mentioned before, that is the difference between the 1099 and the W-2. You can't, they're going to make their own schedule. They're going to do all that type of thing. So if you always tell people too, when you're trying to decide between the two, what are you looking for? Are you wanting someone that you control their schedule and you need them at your beck and call? You know, if that's the case, then a W-2 person is for you. If you're open to someone with a fluid schedule and who's working with other people, um, then you're a, a 1099 executive virtual assistant is going to be fine for you. But that's that's usually what I tell people when they kind of have the question about the difference between the two. I love that. And you brought up the biggest scare factor here in California is the 1099 rules. And if you have somebody who is at your beck and call and you tell them what time to start and finish and you are their only employer, you have an employee here and therefore you have to W-2 them. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV, but I know enough to go, ah, right. And so I love that idea that, you know, you probably don't need one, somebody on your team for 40 hours a week and have to go through all the challenges of them, but you need somebody to do task um, and project work for you that can be done a couple hours a week, which saves you some money. And if they're doing it for more than one person here in California, at least they can remain that 1099 and they're responsible for their taxes and and benefits and so on. So I think that was that was a huge aha of saying that they're going to have a couple of people on their uh, portfolio that they work for. Right. 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 So how do you set schedules and decide like, okay, so if I've got um, a um a follow-up campaign or I need someone to confirm appointments for me or um send out, you know, maybe it's all three, right? They they communicate with the with my clients, they they send the invoices, they confirm appointments and so on. If I'm hiring somebody like that, is that a specific skill set I want to look for? It it is. I think, you know, I, I think it, Always looking at people that have experience doing, you know, whatever it is that you need the support in, that's definitely going to be top of mind and helpful. 
you know then that they're going to be able to take the ball and run with whatever it is that you need them to do. So like you just, you know, rattle off those things and they'll, they'll know, you know, what to do. And, and that field being in this field as an executive virtual assistant, you know, you should already have that skill set because right. again, if you're in this role, you, you, you're, you shouldn't be trained at all. And so, yeah, just ha- already having that skill set is something that a virtual assistant would have a good one. A good one, right? Yeah. And um, so, so now that I know that, let's just kind of play with those things. I need them to to uh, do follow up emails. I need them to confirm appointments, and I need them to um, bill my clients for me um, or send invoices off. Um, when I'm looking to do that, it doesn't matter what time they do it, right? So if they happen to be on the East Coast or off, you know, off in in other countries, as long as it's done, right? And then I'm paying them for the task. Or or is that correct? Correct. And so, yeah, what I'll often tell clients, because sometimes they'll have that question, well, how do I know, you know, when they're going to do it? Or, of course, you know, you can always have that conversation and they can, you know, you can ask, you know, well, when could you get this done for me or get this back to me? And they can tell you. So then you have some sort of idea. And if it's a long term project, then those are you going to have a longer lead time. So they'd be able to tell you, you know, when they would be able to get that done for you. But a lot of everyday things is typically routine. Right. Um, so it once you establish what it is that they're going to be doing for you, for example, the invoices, that's usually say people send those out, you know, monthly, mm-hmm. they'll know and that these go out on the 15th of every month or whatever. And so they know to get those sent out then. So it's always to just having building that rhythm and knowing deadlines and communicating those up front. Yeah. Setting clear expectations Mm -hmm. is is key to having any relationship, whether it's a virtual Mm -hmm. assistant, a full-time employee, a partner, Mm -hmm. you know, clients, setting those expectations are great. And I think that when when we do something to make it successful, we have to know what we want them to do. We also have to have some sort of process that we want them to take when they do that, right? And then and then have some sort of a check-in. Hey, did you do it on this point? Yeah, here's an email, Marcia, I sent out. I did, I did XYZ for you, confirm, done, check uh, at this time during this day. So, I mean, I would assume that would be the same thing with the virtual assistant, right? Correct, which is what you know I was alluding to a little bit before in terms of you'll build that rhythm and you'll have the systems and how you're doing things on a standard and regular basis outside of the one-time uh, task that may come up. Um, but for the most part, usually when people are working ongoing with an assistant, they establish those routines and, and work from there. I love it, I love it. So. When we're when we bring on an executive virtual assistant, right? Um, so I have a client that um, has an executive assistant full time. She just says, "Do this, do this," and is constantly giving her things to do. Are there any parameters we want to have with our with our virtual executive assistants versus just you know going out and saying, "Here's a project, someone bid on it." And when I want to make sure that I understand the question. So are you asking um, 
I'm sorry, Marcia, you can repeat it. Sure. So um, I'm thinking I'm asking is what kind of parameters um, are standard for executive assistance versus having virtual executive assistance versus having someone at your beck and call all the time? What would one, what would a business owner expect or, or the executive expect with that kind of relationship? Is there certain things that go on, certain procedures that are followed? What does someone expect? And I hope I answer your question right. If not, it's still good. <laughs> Usually <laughs> there are, and I, for example, I guess I always try to use examples to try to be helpful. If somebody's managing a calendar, most people say, well, my assistant's copied on this email. She'll get you on my calendar. And that's right. kind of a system for that. Rarely do I find that it's always somebody saying, well, I need this done or I need that done. In the beginning, maybe, mm-hmm. but over, you know, after a little time, you know, you're, they know you know, what the expectations are in terms of the task. There may be something that comes up, you know, new every now and then. But usually what I find that people always kind of have the same core set of things that they need support with. Good. All right. You answered it great. I was just looking for a little bit of clarity. Would I expect um, that... Uh, the the virtual executive assistant will give me an allotted time of hours or would I expect some sort of a, um, you know, because if they are working with other people, if they're working on that person's project and I need something done, um, you know, how does that work? How does that juggle? It works in terms of them, like I said, knowing they have to know deadlines in order to be able to prioritize. I guess if this, that answers your question. So if somebody's task needs to be done at noon and then somebody else's, the deadline could be four o'clock that day, then obviously they want to pick working on the persons at noon to get it done, but they'll make sure that they get the other one done at by four o'clock. So they're and able the, to juggle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got and it. so it, it's, it's tricky, I think, too, for the the virtual assistant, me having done it myself for so many years, having That's to try to do that, <laughs> do that balance, but you you make it work. And that's kind of one of the ways you can prioritize just based upon those times. Or, you know, if you have ongoing things that you know you need to get done for someone, you and know when that needs to be done. Maybe that's something you do on Tuesdays or Thursdays or or what have you. You can do it like that, too. But it works itself out for them to be able to support more than one person. See, this is really valuable because I know I'm not the only one on the other side going, how the heck does this virtual assistant, executive assistant relationship work? So I know I could have asked you, you know, typical, where do you find these people and all that kind of stuff. But I know that these are questions that I'm not alone with, you know, of going, well, how does it really work, especially for your first venture into having a virtual relationship with somebody um, to get them to help you in your business? And that's kind of why I dug into that delegating and 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 how that relationship works, because, you know, it, it's a little it's a little bit of a dark hole out there. Uh, for some of us. And I think it's such a valuable resource for today's business owners, 
you know, to be able to hire somebody to do the task that you really shouldn't be doing and to set up kind of clear expectations on how these things would work. And for some, it may be their first hire or second hire. And, and I think it's, 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 it's really good that you're able to share these insights with us on, on how we do them. So here's a question for you. And it'll probably be an awkward one because there's no real correct answer for it. But what does someone expect to pay a virtual assistant to help them with these kind of tasks, just to set expectations on the business side? And that varies because it just depends. You know, if me having been in, in the industry, I don't go out, I guess, and <laughs> sometimes people have their rates on their website and sometimes they don't. So it's hard for me to say what industry standards are in terms of sure. what I've seen, but I don't know, just taking a guess, I would say around $40 an hour or above. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing too, Marcia. No, that's so, fair. I, you can only talk for yourself on that. Yeah. And, then, and then knowing that that for that price, compared to, you know, offshore pricing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what does the, what does today's business owner get by choosing an, an, an on soil or on the U.S. soil virtual assistant versus someone maybe offsite? The only thing I can say, and just this is going based upon what I've heard from people, because my team is all U.S. based, um, the difference I guess I see and from what I've heard from people is the language barrier, both verbal and written, and the mm. time difference. Mm. So with the time difference, it's obviously hard to communicate. And I'm a big proponent of communication because I think that is so key. And mm. so that would make it difficult to be able to talk with someone um, with that time difference. And then really in our industry in our line of work, we do a lot of written communication on behalf of the clients, especially mm-hmm. if you're like scheduling with people, you're emailing them and stuff like that. And so if the the English command on written English is not good, then you know that could be a difference too. Sure. It could really affect your relationships with your clients mm-hmm. if the communication is not clear and concise. So Thank you for sharing kind of a backdoor of of virtual assistants. So um, a couple more things that I'd like to touch on with virtual assistants and and how we can delegate and take those pieces um, off of our plate or our buffet. (laughs) You know, when you've got a big plate of more things to do with that. Um, And we talked about having them do the tasks that we shouldn't do. Um, is there is there any anything in particular that that we want to look at an executive virtual assistant to do versus those that can do more of the social or the marketing or 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 anything like that? What really do I want to give my executive virtual assistant? What task? And for us, again, you mentioned that a little bit, executive virtual assistant versus somebody maybe who's doing social. Because I had somebody ask me that too recently. And I think their question was, what do you specialize in? And so are you social media? And I'm like, for me, and I've always thought that if you specialize in social media, then you're a social media 
exactly. consultant or something. You're not a virtual assistant. Same as if you specialize in building websites, then you're a web designer and not a virtual <laughs> assistant. And so a good executive virtual assistant is going to be like a remote executive assistant. Our role and key is to be your right-hand person to support you and help keep you organized and work with you proactively um, and speaking with you if we hear some underlining thing that's going on with you and we feel like we can help out with it. Maybe, for example, you're talking about a speaking engagement that you've got coming up and you haven't done your PowerPoint. You you know, you haven't reached out to the on-site person to be able to find out what you need. Then we hear that and say, you know, hey, Marcia, we can, I can contact that person for you and find out whatever what's all needed for your speaking engagement. You can send me your PowerPoint slides and I'll help you with that deck. So that's the difference in between somebody that uh, I always say a thinker and a doer. That other person that you got to tell every little single thing is really not helping you that much right. versus someone who's working proactive with, proactively with you and, and listening, like strong listening skills. That is probably my favorite point of this entire interview, right? Tanya, you've given us a reason to go, I need someone to just help me that can see things that are going on and jump in and go, Marcia, I can help you with this. Or here, give me that. I'll make sure it's done A to Z or, or through point M, right? Because you've set that out there. And just taking the stress off of the business owner's life by having someone help. Ooh, exactly. That's powerful right there because that's exactly what we need mm -hmm. is help. Not to train somebody and teach them how to do something so they can do it. And then I have to monitor them and all that other kind of stuff. I just need help. And that's perfect. And I love the virtual relationship that you can have because it doesn't have to be permanent or it can be permanent, right? Right. You know, you have a lot more options and so on to, to, to go through this and, and knowing that everybody's getting out of the gate for the first part of the year and they've got all these ideas and plans and goals and objectives and outcomes that they want to do and they're going <laughs> right? right so that's the perfect time to bring on someone to help like like your team so i love that tanya where can listeners find out more about you and your team Sure. Visiting our website, team de teamdelegate.com, and there is a pop-up that comes up with uh, an article on how to get the most impact out of working with your executive virtual assistant that you can download. And I also have a podcast, Unbottleneck Your Business. Oh, my goodness. Talk about power right there, because that's usually the problems. Mm -hmm. We're the bottleneck. Yes. <laughs> We're the owners are the bottleneck in the business on many instances. And I love that. So how often does your podcast um, run? Bi-weekly. So every you know couple of weeks, um, an episode is published. Great. And where can we find your podcast? On Apple, Spotify, you know, the, the main ones, Google. Awesome. Awesome. And repeat the name of the podcast. Unbottleneck Your Business. Ooh, perfect. Perfect title. Perfect title. All right, Tanya, thank you so much. This has been super valuable. Listeners, I hope you found a couple of ideas to help you and get your business more profitable. And I know that 
when we talk about the levers in in our day, right? What we can pull to make that next move, that next jump. And the number one one is time. And if you can peel off some of your time and let somebody else do it by delegating, that's going to give you that next level move that you're looking for, for profitability as well as business growth. So don't forget, now more than ever, it's been important to focus on growing your business and its revenue. Go download my book and its 12 strategies that will dramatically increase your revenue, profit, and the value of your company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. You can pick up my book at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. Tanya and I would love to hear some success stories, maybe a question about, is this an item that can be delegated or even where can I find a good virtual assistant, specifically an executive assistant? Just hit us up in the comments and Tanya and I will reply back and give you the answers and directions and, and share your comments with you. So while you're at it, please subscribe and comment on today's podcast. And so you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Tanya. Thank you for having me.